You're listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To learn more about the Collective Church in Portland, Oregon, and Vancouver, Washington, visit us online at thecollectivechurch.com. Lord, I thank you for your presence, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy and grace. Jesus, thank you that you are always pursuing us. Thank you for um, just knowing me and knowing us inside and out. And so, Jesus, I ask that you would lead this, um, these words, Father, that you would um, intercept anything that I say that isn't exactly what you want to say, and you would just change it in our hearts, Lord. I thank you for your miracle-working power. I thank you for transformation and revelation today in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said... Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, good morning. Um, I'm happy to be speaking to you. I was, um, I'm called a reluctant leader. Okay. This is not my favorite thing. (laughs) Just so you know, to stand up here and to, to say words to you that I feel God is speaking to me because it's really, really a heavy, heavy responsibility. And so if you are in any form of leadership, you understand that you're leading other human beings' lives. And um, it's weighty. Have you ever felt that? Where you're like, man, I hope I don't screw that up. I hope I don't say something to confuse somebody or cause them to, um, you know, leave this community. Because actually, we really believe that we are better together. And we are called the collective church because we are collectively building something together. So if you're to leave or you're to feel isolated or you you feel alone or not connected, then um, you are vulnerable for attack. And you're vulnerable to be picked off and to pick, be picked out of the crowd. You know that the old analogy of the antelopes running and there's a lion and one gets behind and that's the one that gets eaten by the lion, right? Well, that can be you in the spirit realm. And so I felt this morning that, um, well, number one, I feel like Jesus just rescued me from, from a moment of that this week, this morning, um, because we are all susceptible. And, um, so all that to say, I really pray that you hear what I have to say and go ahead and filter it through the word of God. Would you ask the Holy spirit? What does this mean for me? Holy spirit? Would you do that for yourself? And then you look at your Bible and you go into the word of God and you digest and you discover and you seek the Lord because you don't want to just take what I have to say and just run with it or take what I have to say and not like it. And then just like, ugh. what if what I have to say actually is the right thing? So you don't, you know, we all have the Holy spirit in us. And so you're going to be able to know. And what I'm going to say is nothing really that controversial, (laughs) but um, anyway, I'm just encouraging you that you have the spirit of God inside of you. And I really hope and pray and believe that you are going to um, ask the Holy spirit about this. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So last week, pastor Ben um, spoke prophetically. He was just kind of encouraging us last week. Who was here last week? Me too. Awesome. Um, most of you, that's great. And he was talking, he kind of boiled it all down to, um, he was sharing basically, and I don't think he said it like this, but this is what I'm going to say. Our role as a believer, 
And then he was talking about what he felt the collective church, you know, what our prayer points are. Like, what are some of our burdens? And what does he see as a pastor of this church that we need to be um, interceding for? Do you guys remember what it was? Awesome. You know why? Because you guys are praying people. And we are the collective and we do this together. So I do know and I believe that you remember. Okay. We're going to pray for a thriving young adults ministry right? We're praying for thriving youth ministry and we're praying for a thriving children's ministry. Amen. And those are all signs of a healthy church. But do you know why we pray for that? Thriving meaning lots of people. He even said, gosh, we should be seeing marriages monthly, like young people getting married, you know, because they're in a healthy environment and they're meeting people and they're falling in love with Jesus. And then as they fall in love with Jesus, the right person comes into their life and they're surrendered and then they get married and then they have children and then we have youth group and, you know, all the, all the things, right? These are signs of a healthy church and the signs of a healthy community. And it is really the heart of God. And the reason we want to pray for a thriving young adults, youth, and kids ministry is because the more people that we have, the more people we have <laughs> going to heaven. Okay. <laughs> Amen. So people are really at the root of God's heart. You know, he created us and we are his children and he loves us. And, um, and really, I mean, that's why we're here. We are here to worship him and we are here to share the gospel with his children. Once we hear it and we get saved, once we are found um, and we surrender, then we are to share it with others. Um, I have actually was a part of a church once for a little short time and um, one of their, there was like a struggle between the group of people where half of them wanted it to be a small, intimate church where they just knew each other and they could get together. And it was like this community of tight knit people, like a family. And on one hand, that sounds lovely, but they did not want to grow. They literally said, this is a small church. This is not a big church. And I, first of all, wanted to yell. Then I wanted to run out of the room. Then I wanted to punch everything because I was like, are you kidding me? You don't want to grow. What does that even mean? You don't want to let people into this community. It's so odd. Anyway, so we want to grow. Our aim is not to be a mega church, but our goal is that we're adding to the believers, right? And we do believe we're the collective church where we're going to take people in and send people out. And there are many people moving and blossoming out of this congregation. And um, I don't think that this is the one and only church that you should be a part of at in Portland, Oregon, right? I do believe there are, there are places that people are supposed to be planted and you are called to be a part of that body. So we need all bodies of churches. All right. So when he was talking about that last week, Pastor Ben, and he said all those things, I immediately, because I'm the children's pastor, I was like, all right, a thriving children's ministry means we need more volunteers. And then what I heard is, volunteers are under attack just like the kids are. Okay. So he talked about last week when he went on Saturday and you, he experienced the attack of children at that elementary school parade that was there. And we don't have to go into that, but you know how tragic that is. And that is the enemy stealing identities of children. And from a very young age, stealing their identity, confusion sets in and they are lost. Okay. And you know, foundationally as a child, your foundational core beliefs are all developed 
like the firm ones that you actually build the rest of your life on, uh, you know, from zero to age five. Now, God can change that. We've seen it, right? But that is the struggle that you will have, you know, your, in your whole life, right? Where you've got to go dive deep and Jesus comes in and he heals you when you were four years old. He heals you. He healed me when I was five years old and my biological dad, or I was two actually, when he left and then my mom got remarried. And, you know, there are all these pieces of my heart that had to get healed just from birth to five years old. And so then there's the enemy stealing this generation, the young ones. And Ben talked about that. And I was, it's like, we're all like wrecked, right? Like you can all identify with how traumatic that is. Um, and so we see that there's an attack on children. We see it. And I thought, okay. But immediately then I saw the attack on volunteers. Okay, there, there is a struggle to get people to be with the children. And this isn't one of condemnation. This is exposing the enemy's plan against the body of Christ. He would want for us to be overwhelmed, overburdened, to feel um, insignificant and like you can't add value, to feel like, ah, it's not really my thing to share Jesus with the next generation. Ooh. Of course, you would never say that in your heart, right? You know that it's your thing to share Jesus with other people. So, of course, it's the next generation because they are our most vulnerable, most influential, most precious parts of the body of Christ. Would you agree? I mean, we are adults here in this room. Maybe you're a young adult. Maybe you're um, 12, like Macy. But you are, you have people under you that you are called to protect, as a family. And the enemy is attacking volunteers. So um, I, I, I really want you to hear, and this is where you filter this through the Holy Spirit. I am not in any way saying you should volunteer and you're bad because you haven't yet. Because actually very, very many of you volunteer in some capacity with the children, with the youth, with coffee, with um, parking, with sound, with worship. This is service to the Lord. This is volunteering. So many of us already do this, but I want you to know the enemy's strategy to get us off course. Okay. So pray and ask the Lord where you should serve. The other way you can say volunteering is serve. And um, <clears throat> if I said to my kids, you know, hey, you know, you're, you're a part of the family and this is actually true. We don't really do allowance because you're part of the family. So you should just participate in living here. And at the appropriate ages, we apply more appropriate responsibilities, right? <clears throat> so if I say, you know, to my kids and I'm like, okay, I need you to mow the lawn. I need you to da -da -da, whatever, all the things. And they're like, you know, listen. I don't really want to, you know, it's not my thing to mow the lawn. I really prefer not to do the dishes. I'm not very good at it. I don't mind if there's dust over on the thing. I just, I'm not going to do that. But mom, you know what I do want is dinner. So I'm just going to come and eat and then you could do the rest. <laughs> Would that be family? No. Would I be a bad parent actually if I let them do that? Yeah. Yeah. And so this is kind of the strategy of the enemy would be that um, me as a leader in this church and as a pastor, I would just not say anything about what I heard the spirit of God say. And so there's, there is 
an enemy trying to lull you to sleep. There's an enemy trying to convince you not to volunteer, not to serve. There's an enemy trying to convince you in different ways, right? Maybe you're like, again, it's the whole, I don't have anything to add. I don't have any value. And so you feel insecure and you're like, how could I even offer anything? You know, I, I get that. I have definitely been in that place. Um, but that's called pride. When you think you have no value, what you're really saying is I'm going to protect myself and not do that because what if I fail? And then what you're saying is, what if I fail means, what if Jesus doesn't come through for me? What if Jesus is actually not who he says he is? So that's unbelief. And unbelief, doubt and unbelief, the Bible says makes you driven and tossed by the wind. You're unstable in all of your ways. That's what the book of James says. And so you can see where that pride of wanting to protect yourself. So when you say, I have nothing to add, I'm not good at that. I'm not going to do it. <clears throat> and the reason I can speak so strongly on this is that is my battle. Because I feel it feels um, humble to be like, well, who am I? Somebody else should probably do that. And um, yeah, when you say that, you're actually just protecting your own heart and you're just, that's so selfish right? Like I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna let somebody else do that because it is hard. Like I just said, you know, standing up here in front of you, it's, it's a weighty responsibility, you know, serving, you got to show up on time. And if you're not there when you're scheduled, then you let people down. I actually woke up this morning going, I was, I thought we flew in late last night and I like was dreaming that it was nine 30 when I woke up. I was like, missed everything. I missed sound check. I missed worship. I'm supposed to speak and I'm still in bed. Anyway, it was five 30. So, or actually it was five, but Anyway, I don't know why I said that. Uh, so be aware of the fight against you as a volunteer, as somebody, a servant of Christ. The enemy would want you to not serve. And he would want for our church to be lacking and for people to be tired and disgruntled and frustrated. So check your heart. If you're feeling this way, know that it's the enemy and it's not you. It is the enemy. Then... Here's what you have to do, because this is what I pleaded with you before, that you would go to the Holy Spirit and put, put your hand on your heart and say, I am full of the fruit of the Spirit. Okay. So what you can do is you're going to capture your thoughts and make them bow to the authority of Christ. So when you feel tired and like, sucked on every level because your life is so busy and you're like, I don't know if I can go and volunteer. I don't have it in me. Would you capture that thought and make it submit to the name of Jesus? Because your service to the church is service to the Lord. And it might be the most important thing that you have to do your whole week because it will edify and build up your spirit, man. Um, Okay, so volunteering is serving the Lord. Um, we were just at a, um, the, sorry, point number one. I have points. There's four of them. Okay, volunteering is serving the Lord. <clears throat> we were at a worship conference just this week in Houston, and Pastor Jenny was there, and so I know that she stayed there. She's preaching right now. Um, and Jeremy Riddle was one of the guest speakers, which was so awesome. You guys all know who he is, whether you think you do or not. You've totally heard his songs. Thank you. And, um, he is a, a mighty man of God and just a servant to the Lord. But he said, and this, I wrote this down. It's amazing. 
Serving in the local house of God is connecting you with your destiny. Have you ever thought, what is my destiny? What am I called to do? What am I here on this planet for? These are good questions to ask yourself. You know, if you're just bumping around life or feeling um, depressed or feeling emotionless, feeling purposeless in life, you know, ask the Lord, which I don't believe that's you as a people, but this can help somebody else in your life who's struggling. Um, So you're serving in the local house of God is connecting you with your destiny. Okay, so you can go, we can back this up with scripture. If you go to Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 14 through 18, this is the Passion Translation I'm going to read, and it's um, a few verses here, but this is right after Pentecost, and remember, Pentecost is when flames of fire, the Holy Spirit came on the people in the upper room, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Verse 14. Oh, okay. Peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. Hey, that's what time we start church. (laughs) That's funny. Okay, number 16. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says, for God says, this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and daughters to prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I'm going to read 18 again. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. God calls us his servants. If you're wondering what your purpose is in life, you are a servant of God. You are a servant. And that gets you in the right position for whatever God has aligned for you, whatever all the intricate details of your life. If you know that you're a servant of God, I mean, it just, it feels good. feels good to like, okay, oh, okay. That's what I am. And then it feels good to know that you know how to serve. You know where to serve. Like a very easy practical step is serving at church. Okay, then if we look at Matthew chapter 20, 2020, Matthew 2020. We can remember that. This is a good year, 2020. <laughs> okay. I'm going to read quite a few verses here, but um, this is amazing. Okay, let's give context. So we're starting in verse 20. The wife of Zebedee approached Jesus with her sons, Jacob and John. She knelt before him and asked him for a favor. He said to her, what is it that you want? She answered, okay, so this is Jesus, right? She said, make the decree that these my sons will rule with you in your kingdom, one sitting on your right hand and one on your left. Jesus replied, you don't know what you're asking. Then looking in the eyes of Jacob and John or James and John, Jesus said, are you prepared to drink from the cup of suffering that I'm about to drink? Are you able to endure the baptism into death that I'm about to endure? They answered him, yes, we are able. You will indeed drink the cup of my suffering and be immersed into my death, Jesus told them. But to be the ones who sit at the place of highest honor is not mine to decide. My father is the one who chooses them and prepares them. 
The other 10 disciples were listening to all of this and a jealous anger arose among them against their two brothers. It is funny how human nature, we just, we do want to know how to do things right. We actually do know how, like we desire to do well in life. And then we desire to be the best. Some of us more than others, right? Some have competition in their strengths. Some don't like myself. I'm like, oh, if you're the best, then I'm out. <laughs> I'm like, forget it. I don't even care. <laughs> you know. Um, however, when it comes to serving Jesus, I mean, I do. He's, he's my Lord. So I want to know. But they're, they're angry. They're like, wait, wait, James and John are going to get to know. So they're listening. Uh, verse 25, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side and said, kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. But this is not your calling you will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others. Because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the greatest servant of all. Jesus, I ask for an impartation of um, courage to open our hearts to correction this morning. I thank you, Jesus, for your rescue this morning for rescuing us from selfishness and pride. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Okay. This is all under the serving the Lord point. Um, Last week in kids ministry, we went over serving the Lord and um, it's Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, working as for the Lord and not for human masters. Colossians 3, 23. And here's verse 24, because it's really good. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So when you're, yeah, serving the Lord. So these are scriptures to back up this point of volunteering. You're not just um, helping the church or helping Pastor Heather because she keeps talking about kids ministry and needing help. Um, It's not just because you love coffee and you know other people love coffee and we have to set an atmosphere at this building, which these are very, very valuable. But if you go deeper to the purpose behind it, which is really what transforms us, if we stay here at this level, we just go deeper, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper, go to the deep part where you know I'm serving the Lord. I am serving the Lord with my actions. I'm serving the Lord when I sweep up a mess that was made. I don't know who made it, but I'm just going to pick it up here in this building. I'm serving the Lord when I choose to park way down there because I know other people need closer parking spots. I'm actually serving the Lord. It's not for me. It's not for my own glory. And in fact, the greatest among you will live as the one who is called to serve others because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. So in your notes, right? I have a heart of a servant. I have the heart of a servant. Okay. Point number two, volunteering is growth. In community, we grow. Oh, over here. In community, we grow. 
Okay, we talk about the butterfly in the chrysalis and how if it doesn't struggle to get out of the shell, the chrysalis, right? Is it chrysalis? Yeah. Um, then its wings won't be developed, right? If we were to peel it back so we, the butterfly could come out, it would just like fall out and would not have grown its wings. It couldn't fly. So we know that there is something good about a struggle. There's something good about that. And so um, I was talking about earlier when I first started talking about how the Lord has just this week kind of rescued me from a place of struggle. And um, it was a struggle. And it's like in the struggle, you might be, it's like a mindset struggle. It could be a perspective struggle. It could be an insecurity struggle. It could be a relationship struggle. It could be financial struggle. It could be, um, you know, work-related struggle. It could be a physical struggle in your body. And all of these things could cause you to lose faith. And it could cause you to draw back. It could cause you to not want to serve the Lord. It could cause all of these insecurities. Um, you know, I... It's, it's like, have you ever felt like, I just want to quit. I just want to go. I just want to go home. And I don't even know what that means because <laughs> things are overwhelming. And it's like, I don't want to die. I'm not actually ready for heaven yet. I know there's things on this earth I need to do, but you feel, and this is where I don't have competition in my, you know, some people like the struggle and they're like, yeah, I'm going to beat this. I'm like, ah, just, I'm done. You know, <laughs> um, but God likes the struggle because you know what it did? It made me cry out to God. It made me have to stick in it and go, ooh, I can't just leave this situation. And the situation for me personally was just a struggle in my mindset towards myself. It's insecurity. It's the same old, same old. And I was like, man, the same old, same old. And really some of it had to do with preaching today, this morning. I was like, God, I should, somebody else should do it. No, literally God. It's not pride. Somebody else should do it. You know, God, I, I really think somebody else is more qualified. Anyways, but God likes the struggle. He really likes the struggle because we seek him and then you grow. The other thing that community does is it could be a struggle between your fellow believer. So even in that situation I just shared, somebody else could seem more qualified. Like if Jenny was in town, definitely she should be preaching, but she's out of town. God. And then my mother-in-law flew my husband to Alaska. He can't preach here. And Pastor Bob is speaking next week. Woo. I actually was going to call you and say, I can't do it. I knew that that wouldn't fly though. But, um, <laughs> It's like, you're very qualified. You could do it. Anyway, don't, don't groan for me. This was a spiritual battle and I, I welcome it because it exposes the icky, but <clears throat> so it's with somebody else. So actually, you know, my tendency was just to feel bad about myself, but somebody else could get like offended at somebody who's better than them. Like, Oh, they do all the things they get all the stuff, blah, 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 whatever. So there's those kind of arguments you could have. Then there's frustrations in a community that cause you to, um, you know, where, um, Jesus looks at the disciples and he says, why are you trying to pick the speck out of somebody else, your brother's eye, when you have a log in your own eye? So this hilarious picture of you, like with this giant log, like trying to get in close, like, let me help you with that problem you have. And you can't even get in there because it's such a problem in your own life. Right. Um, so there, then Colossians three, chap chapter three, verse 13, it says, make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, 
Okay, this is amazing right here. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Always be thankful. So as soon as I'm frustrated with another believer or something is is irritating me about people, I imagine myself with this log in my eye going, okay, probably the thing that's bothering me about them is because I'm really irritated about this thing (laughs) that's sticking out of my face, right? And um, I'm going to make allowance for their faults. And that takes some work. That actually takes you going to Jesus and saying, God, help me. Because you can really feel it. You can really feel it. Um, I actually, I woke up this morning and this is, this is my victory. This is, this is like, I had a revelation this morning. I'm just praising God. I'm still kind of sitting in, in awe of of just his goodness. So I woke up this morning after my brief moment of, oh my gosh, what time is it? Um, <laughs> then, <laughs> then I settled into his presence and I was just, in my spirit, I was just singing holy and I sat down on the couch surrounded by laundry that I needed to fold and I just left it there. But I, <laughs> I don't want you to get this glorious picture. It was like <laughs> suitcases, laundry, <laughs> my Bible. <laughs> okay. And, um, and I was thinking about Jesus. I was thinking about this community, this church. And, okay, Lord, I surrender. What am I going to say? And I, I was like, God, help me because I feel so unqualified. God, help me. I am just off. Even after being through a worship conference and just so much freedom, so much beautiful things, so many beautiful things. And immediately, I, this, is, okay, this is the goodness of Jesus. And so this is why I told you to pray, okay? And ask the Holy Spirit to show you stuff this morning. I'm sitting on the couch. Thank you, Jesus. What do you want me to say? You know, God, I love you. Help me with my weird attitude that I have right now, my struggles. And I immediately saw a picture of a woman that was in my life 23 years ago, uh, back in Alaska. And we were on the worship team together. And um, I did not like her singing voice. It was really not good. (laughs) And... Um, and I was annoyed. She was always late and I was annoyed with her excuses and she always wanted to practice her part 100 times. And I would gripe about that. Eventually I would tell my girlfriends who are also background singers on the worship team, like, you know, I do that whole thing. And, um, I I thought about her and where she is in her life. You guys, eventually she was pushed out of the church. And um, I felt the goodness of God say, Heather, you played a part in that. And I felt the goodness of God lead me to repentance and to say, Jesus, I'm so sorry that I had such strong opinions about your daughter. Forgive me. And then I just, I prayed for her because I know it's not my fault. And that was not at all what I felt the Lord say to me. But I know that there was a repentance that I had to have this morning that set me free from something 23 years ago when I was 18 years old. 17 years old? How old was I? I'm 40. Anyways. 
And I prayed for her. Um, I repented. I asked Jesus to forgive me. And I asked Jesus for a crop failure because I sowed seeds that were nasty. I don't want to reap that harvest. And I actually feel like I was, I am, I was until this morning reaping a harvest of some of that. Because when you gossip and you have opinions about other people and the way that they do things, when they are trying to serve the Lord, she wanted to practice her parts because she wanted to do it right. Because she loved Jesus so much. She was such a beautiful worshiper with a not very beautiful voice, <laughs> in my opinion, right? And so it was the goodness of God that brought me to repentance. And I just think, Jesus, would you set a guard over my mouth? Psalm 141 says, set a guard over my mouth, Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. And I felt him guide me to repentance and repentance means to turn the other way. It is an upside down kingdom that we serve. The greatest of all is a servant, right? It's not the leader, the dictator. It is a servant, which leads me to point number three, which is surrender. Volunteering is surrender. Volunteering is living a fasted lifestyle, which I heard uh, Pastor Callie's husband say that this weekend. He said, um, living a fasted lifestyle doesn't mean just not eating food. It's doing the things that you don't want to do. And doing the things in, in that situation of like in your community of believers, you're doing the things you don't want to do. You're, you're allowing time and space for people's faults and you're forgiving one another and you're not annoyed by each other and you're not gossiping about each other. Um, and you're surrendering and you're fasting from what your flesh wants to do. It felt good for me and my cute little vocalist together. Here we are, these young teens, and we're like, oh, can you believe she really wants to go over a part again? Ugh. You know, just this nasty, unknowing. I just, if I, I think about it now, and it's really, really gross. Um, I didn't know I was doing that. I mean, I, I knew what I was doing, but. Anyway, he gives opportunity for repentance, and it is the goodness of God. And, um, you know, repent, I've said this before, but to do it again, like grace, the word pent is five, and the number five means grace. So he gives us grace to repent again and again and again. And when we repent of those little things, it's opportunity, it's the goodness of God to bring us closer into him. Because I was sitting there this morning feeling overwhelmed, feeling scared, feeling unqualified, feeling like, what do I have to add? The same old, same old. And then he gave me opportunity to repent and showed me where I was going wrong and something that I, could, I needed to let go of and turn from and ask forgiveness for and then pray for that crop failure. I don't want to reap any more of those seeds. I'm so sorry, God. Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross. That you set me free from even the ugly things that I've done here in my lifetime. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Luke 9, 23. This is Jesus. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Deny yourself, take up their cross and follow me. 
So to surrender and to live a fasted lifestyle is truly denying yourself. Volunteering at church really is when you feel uncomfortable and you're like, I don't really want to pull in close to the parking team because I don't like the rain. (laughs) I don't want to go out there and set up the signs. I don't know. We make all kinds of excuses. Um, But if you are surrendered, and that's really what got me to not call Pastor Bob and say, hey, could you preach? Um, Number one, I'm submitting to my pastor, who is Pastor Ben. Um, Number two, I'm submitting to Jesus, and I'm surrendered. I live a surrendered lifestyle. I will surrender. I say yes to you, Jesus. I say yes to you, Jesus. And here's point number four. Volunteering is revival. (laughs) We want revival. We talk about the kind of the sexiness of like, oh, a million women in the mall and there's the reviving of the church in the nation. And we're like, woo! And there's no sarcasm in my voice with that. But how are we going to get there if we want a large youth ministry, a large children's ministry? We want all these young adults in their 20-somethings. I was in my 18, 19, 20-something years old sowing terrible seeds, right? I just told you that story. They need leaders. They need volunteers, volunteering. We've got to serve people. We have to step into a service and that will bring revival. Amen. So please stand with me. We are going to sing because listen, worship is service unto the Lord. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. We offer ourselves as a sacrifice when we worship. We sing songs to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It is like, it is powerful. So we're going to sing again. But before we do, um, we're going to repent. So I felt that there was an activation that we could do this morning. And I was, I was asking the Holy Spirit. This was kind of a funny dialogue. He's so funny. I was like, okay, God, you know, thank you for that amazing moment. I'm literally bawling, you know, just, it was beautiful. And I was like, Holy Spirit, is that, was that just for me? You know, this repentance, this beautiful moment. Because I don't want to just take a beautiful moment I've had in secret and then like expose it to you all. That actually could be um, not healthy, just so you know. If you have a beautiful, sweet, private moment with the Lord, write it in your journal. Sit on it for a minute and ask the Lord before you share it. Because sometimes you could share something too soon and then, and then you like lose the intimacy on it. Okay, that's just a little side note. So I'm praying, asking the Holy Spirit, are we supposed to repent together? And I said, God, if you're not in it, then I'm not going to do it. And the Holy Spirit said, I'm always in repentance. I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) I thought it was funny. I was like, duh. Should we repent, God? Yes, we should repent. (laughs) Okay, so here's what you're going to do. Close your eyes. Go ahead and close your eyes. Lift your hands if you want to. Thank you, Jesus. I just know that the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you just in his kindness, his goodness, his sweetness. He's going to show you where there's something that you need to repent for. Just like that sweet moment where I, the Lord showed me a beautiful woman of God that I abused. My actions participated in her feeling excommunicated from the church, from the body of Christ. My actions contributed to her feeling disconnected. And, and, you know, basically if you think of the antelopes again in the crowd, I, you know, I'm, I'm partially kicking her out of the crowd. So she's fallen behind. And I'm just, 
so thankful that the Lord showed me that. Number one, so I don't ever do it again, but so that I don't have to reap a harvest. He is so good. Jesus is so good. He is so passionate about you. He is so passionate about being close to your heart. He wants to show you right now what is standing in your way. And so Holy Spirit, let's pray. Holy Spirit, say that. Holy Spirit, show me this morning anything standing in the way of you and me. Okay, now take a minute. He's speaking. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. And then we're going to pray. Then we're going to sing. We're going to worship. You could repent for being bitter. You could be re repent for holding a grudge. You could repent for gossiping. You can repent for being lazy. You can repent for being prideful or insecure. You can repent for speeding. You can repent for too much coffee. The Holy Spirit is going to show you. And so, Father, right now, repeat after me again. Say, Jesus, forgive me. I repent. I turn the other way. Thank you for your grace. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. To find out more, visit thecollectivechurch.com.